Welcome to the EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. This podcast is brought to you by Capture One Pro 10. As a leader in tethered capture, it's the professional's choice for image editing. See the difference that Capture One 10 can make in your existing raw images by downloading a free 30-day trial at CaptureOne.com. All right, welcome back. We're at season two of the RGG EDU podcast, live from Vegas out Ooh. here at WPPI 2017, alongside Rob Grimm and our today's guest, the amazing John Shell. How you guys doing? Happy to be here. We're great. Thank you so much for driving out. Absolutely. Being a part of this. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. So, John, for our, our listeners that might not be familiar with kind of what t- type of photography you do, give me the rundown. Like, how would you describe yourself? Sure. Um, Probably best described would be fashion lifestyle, um, Southern California, advertising, commercial, that kind of stuff. It's um, if you think of people on the beach, groups, happy, fun, all that kind of soaking up the sunshine and loving the sunshine. Exactly. Exactly. You've kind of got an interesting start in photography, though. I mean, your your background is in education, Mm -hmm. special education, too, right? Yes. That's a big shift. How did this happen? Uh, well, back, rewinding even further back, um, when I was in my early 20s, I was, I grew up on Long Island in New York, uh, spent all my days, as much time as I could, on the beach, uh, surfing, bodyboarding, just causing trouble, all that kind of stuff. And then um, that kind of morphed into making some videos here and there of, uh, you know, surf related stuff and then showing those videos and then kind of put that off to the side for a while when I decided I needed a real job and, um, went to college, uh, graduated a few years later with a degree in elementary education and special education, Mm. uh, started working at a school in New York city from that point, I was there for a couple of years, then moved to Southern California, uh, San Diego. And sometime during that, I was teaching out there as well, uh, special education in high school. And sometime I kind of remembered that I used to love photography and I used to love like filmmaking and that kind of stuff. And I was doing a lot of hiking and, and had recently got a, a, a puppy that I wanted to take pictures of. And so I bought a uh, Canon 7D or 5D, well, it was a 5D too. Um, kind of fell back in love with it really, really quickly. Um, from that point, I was just obsessed with it. I was still teaching full time. I was still doing that thing. And then um, the more I kind of took photos, the more people kind of responded to him as I was posting on social media. Uh, started getting some inquiries from people who were like, hey, you should come take pictures of me and my friends or me and my girlfriend or me and my fiance, whatever. So I started doing that. Um, then the the small fashion community in San Diego started to take notice. And then I was shooting with some of that group. And then from there, it just sort of snowballed. Literally um, decided two years ago, um, two and a half years ago, that I was going to make an attempt to go full-time photography. Things were working out. I was writing for a few uh, online photography blogs at the time and websites, uh, so, and, and clients were hiring me. Um, so I had gotten to a point where it was kind of like a go-no-go no go type situation right. where I said, you know, I'll, I'll always have my 
a special ed teaching credential. I could sure. always come back to it. Uh, but I, I made the leap in 2014, and uh, here I am two years later, two and a half years later. And it's been good. It's been good. It's been real good. It's been better than I expected, to be honest. The special education component actually really fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's got to lend um, a certain advantage to you in shooting people mm-hmm. because of the patience that you must have. Yeah, I mean, when I'm in the moment and I'm thinking about that kind of stuff, it, it's not, you know, when I'm shooting and I'm not saying to myself, oh, this is, you know, like the time I was teaching and I did this. No, no it's but the training that you got the from training, that experience. Right, and yeah. it's the experience of, you know, being in a classroom for almost 15 years and dealing with literally every kind of situation and, and more importantly, dealing with every kind of personality type. Because um, I taught, you know, in, in addition to teaching special education, I also taught uh, general education. So I have experience with you know, students with special needs. I have experience with students, you know, in the general education class. I have experience with students who are, um, you know, in the, the honor classes and the advanced classes. And more importantly, I have experience with their parents and sort mm-hmm. of kind of having to negotiate and having to um, think on my feet. And I think that kind of experience definitely translates into photo shoots as kind of like thinking about that. That sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's the experience of dealing with people in and out on a daily basis for a long time. And then when you're in a situation, when you're doing a photo shoot, you kind of have to immediately befriend somebody and make them feel comfortable and make them feel like they are the most friendly, warm, welcoming, beautiful person that you've ever shot. And, take their guard down right and once you take their guard down that's when you can yeah it doesn't sound ridiculous at all in fact when i read that about you i thought wow that's really unique because as a lifestyle photographer Mm -hmm. it's your job to set up a scene where people have this spontaneous emotion that comes out where it seems really natural and really spontaneous and when you're dealing with special ed kids their emotions are right on the surface they change on a dime it's really raw so I, th- I just think that must have been an amazing training for you to somehow, and I don't even know how you do it, to translate that into the actual shoot. It, it's interesting when you put it like that. It, it's definitely, like I said, it's not something I think, I don't, I think about on a, on a daily basis, but looking back, um, you know, it is something that I, that I can see is, is taking place mm-hmm. for sure. Who are your clients now? Who are you? How are you winning jobs? Like, who are you working for? It's interesting. Um, I have some some pretty big clients that I, I work with. Um, probably most notably, everybody would know Skechers is mm-hmm. a, a shoe brand. Uh, so I've shot about eight or nine of their campaigns over the last couple of years. Um, other than that, I work with a lot of smaller LA and Southern California-based clients. Um, mostly, it's in the form of uh, clothing brands. I've worked with a few swimwear brands and eyeglass, uh, um, like uh, sunglass brands. Mm-hmm. What do you think the trick is to getting hired again? I mean, doing seven campaigns for a brand that big. I mean, that's usually like you see a lot of brands go to the like kind of flavor of the day like mm-hmm. what is it what is your special secret sauce it's it's definitely a flavor of the day situation with with all the brands um and not to single out any one particular one it's it's what i found is being i mean it, this is i think where the 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 experience of of kind of being in those meetings and being you know as as a teacher and having that experience and negotiating with parents is you have to kind of understand it from the other person's point of view. And I think, you know, they want, you know, the, the, the parents want their students to do well. The clients want pictures that are going to showcase their brand in a way that 
A, that nobody else is able to do other than you, and B, in a way that is trendy enough yet unique enough to attract not only repeat customers of theirs, but also repeat uh, uh, new new customers. Um, so I think you have to kind of approach it as a you know from their point of view and kind of understand where they're coming from and what they want, and then somehow communicate that to them that you're on their side and you you know you're not this you know uh, 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 I'm trying to think of the way to say this diplomatically. Yeah, well, you don't want to be a diva, right? Well, you, you don't want to come diva. in and exactly. say, okay, you have to do it my way. That Your job as a photographer is to understand the brand mm-hmm. and what they need and bring your style, your game to their brand. Absolutely. Definitely. And and that's, I mean, that's a challenge. If I knew how to win repeat clients over and over again, there would be, it would be wonderful. But there are some clients where I kind of, you know, I've shot them. It's been great. They The response back from them has been fantastic and then when it's time to shoot them again the following year i'm kind of looking at them like oh and then i see them post on social media they're doing another shoot with somebody else and i'm like but wait what about you know <laughs> it doesn't mean that they time. don't like you though yeah. right it, you it's, know it's just hard to swallow yeah it, oh definitely and it, it's kind of I mean, it's almost like dating when you see the person you're dating like go with somebody else <laughs> you're kind of like but we had such a good time together it's, um yeah so if I, if there was one answer to that it would it would be easy and everybody would have their repeat clients and it'd be wonderful um but there unfortunately there's no just one way to do it it's understanding what each client brings to the table understanding what they want and what they want to come away with and then i mean for me personally also it's it's having a good time like i have a an amazing time on set i everything is um you know, there's those times to be serious, but there's also a, a time where it's like, hey, look, we're shooting photos and this is supposed to be fun and we're shooting happy, you know, fun stuff. We can't be, you know, the person on camera can't be smiling while the rest of us are back behind the camera, you know, with bummed our out. bummed out with our angry eyebrows, like like scowling at them because that's not going to work. Um, so I think bringing, you know, a positive attitude and all that kind of stuff definitely helps. So your career really started kind of organically. You, know, you were just kind of pulled into it. People were liking your images and responding to it. Yeah. At what point did you make the realization that, you know what, wait, not only is this going to be a career, but I have to promote this. Like, yeah. I have to now turn this organic being pulled into it into some sort of promotional vehicle for myself. It's interesting. It's in, I think I've been lucky in the fact that I, I have such a great following and people seem to really... Um, respond to what I put out there, whether it's, you know, um, my photos or whether it's my, some of my, you know, my, my, um, articles that I've written, I've been really lucky in that sense. So the promotion has kind of been built into what I've been doing. Um, but there is a point and it's usually comes at like the end of the week when I'm going through my calendar for the next week. And I'm like, man, I really got to start promoting this more. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's, it wasn't just a simple, you know, it wasn't just a, a, you know, a, a single minute realization. It was kind of this, you know, in the beginning, it was like this, this avalanche of, of really cool stuff happening. And then that sort of dies down a little bit and you're like, oh yeah, nobody remembers. I have to keep putting myself out there. I have to keep doing it. Um, and I think that happened before I, you know, went full time and, and before it was just this constant stream of, of, putting stuff, you know, of was, content. That a, was that a hard process? Because you're, as a teacher, you don't promote yourself. 
or do you? I mean, you don't. You really don't. Well, you don't. Yeah, you're not. You know, you're not standing there at the beginning of the school year saying, "Take my hey. class, take my <laughs> class." Yeah. Um, I would. Yeah, definitely would. <laughs> campaign for myself. Of course, right? You would. Yeah. Geometry yeah. 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 101. Walk, come on in. With I, Gary Martin. I <laughs> teach you all the angles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a good tagline. Uh, yeah. I'm here all week. I'm here all week, folks. Put that on a t-shirt. That was nice. That was good. Um, yeah, it, it's. It's definitely something that you've had to that I've had to learn to do. It, it self promotion, as much as I would like to think that I do it naturally, it's really hard work. And there's always a fine line between putting yourself out there and promoting yourself, and then kind of putting yourself out there and looking like self promotional jerk. <laughs> yeah, there's there is a fine line, in, particularly in today's world of social media, where where are you promoting yourself versus. Um, being braggadocious, you know, um, that's always a bit of a worry. So do you, are you concerned about that? Oh, absolutely. And I hear, you know, I get almost instant feedback, um, from people, you know, I have some, some good friends who I've known since before photography who, you know, it's like a little, or my little boys club, the guy, you know, the guys, and we give each other crap about stuff. And then it's, um, you know, someone I'll, I'll, constantly put stuff out there I'll immediately hear back if it's something that's a little bit you know kind of ambiguous or a right. little too far over the line it's you know okay that's my line right there right. and it's it's but at the same time that's not your audience right exactly that's, those are your buddies which is very different from your client audience no I agree I agree but I think it's a good barometer it's a good measuring okay. you know a, 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 a benchmark because it's like if because they I, know you and they, they know, know the me. true you exactly and they know that if I'm putting anything out there that's not me, whether or not they're sitting there saying, well, that's not really John, we need to call him out on it. It doesn't hit them the way it should. And like I said, they're, they know me, you know, more than anybody. So they would know when I'm kind of being a little, not that I try to be, or not that I am disingenuous, but you know, in some start, some stuff seems a little kind of, it veers one way or the other. Now, social media is weird because not only are you putting your work out there, you're also kind of putting your lifestyle out there. And, um, that can, that can feel weird. At least to me, it does. Absolutely. Um, John, do you have like a framework or a, a formula that you follow for social media? Like it's 6 p.m., it's time for the post to go up. And, and how, how far into the analytics do you get? I look, well, to answer your first question, I, I'm definitely not like that. I'll, I Last night it was 11 o'clock and I had just finished working on some photos and I was like, oh, I'm going to post this now. And I looked and it was 11 o'clock and I'm like, well, nobody's really going to, yeah, it's not the best time. So yes and no, there's definitely a, a, I pay attention to it, but I think, um, I, I feel like doing that kind of, I don't know. It, it's definitely, it, it's not something that I actively say, well, it's nine o'clock in the morning. I got to post now, but around nine o'clock in the morning, I'll say, oh, I should probably post something or, Hey, here's something cool that I've been doing. I should post it. it it's definitely not driven by the best times to post it's driven by when i think um more people are going to see it which yeah if that makes any what, sense what platforms are you finding the most success with how are you are you are you getting a lot of work from social media yeah definitely instagram instagram has been huge in my career um which is kind of unexpected because i i just started putting stuff out there i i had started in about 2011 or 12 whenever it, w it was kind of new and i i grabbed up my my username and just started putting po uh, pictures out of my dog and, and me and whatever I was doing and and then looking back because I'll, I'll scroll back every once in a while I'll see that and I'll see how it kind of changes and 
you know, how it changed over the years. And, and there's definitely been more of a targeted, um, um, the more clients that I've gotten in from it, the more I've sort of targeted how I post, uh, what I post, not necessarily how, but um, I'm trying to think. So it's the other social media platforms that I use, Facebook. I mean, I keep my Facebook pretty personal. Um, I mean, I post probably too much stuff, but I, um, I rarely put up work related stuff on my personal Facebook just because I feel like it's my friends and they, yeah. they don't, you know, um, what about, do you have a Facebook business page? I do. Yeah. And, and that, in fact, I just posted it last night, it posted to it last night for the first time in, in months. And I was like, I'm amazed that this is still even a thing. And, and I, every time I post to it, it's a photo and then a link to my Instagram. Because I'm like, this is where you're going to see. If you're interested, this is where you're going to find my new work. The this work. is where you're going to find links to any articles I write or anything like that. That's definitely a smart approach. I think there's so much social media that if you try and do all of it, you can't do any of it well mm-hmm. unless you have a team of people. Right. So Absolutely. I think picking one platform is a smart approach. You know, a lot of people, Absolutely. like Danny Diamond, for example, like was on Facebook and just like gave up on it after, you know, the algorithm change or they, you know, you had to, to pay for posts and I was just on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely a, a, a smart approach. Some people, are you on Snapchat? Do you use that at all? I was on Snapchat for a while, but it was, I never gained the, the traction on it that I had kind of, that I saw other people. So I, I'm strictly on like Instagram stories now and it's usually yeah. like my dog and the, you know, whatever we're doing here uh, in Vegas. <laughs> the bathtub <laughs> the full of bathtub booze. Full of booze. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff in that bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram stories was, it was smart. It was good. It mm-hmm. kind of altered us from using Snapchat. Now it's just Instagram. Yeah. yeah just, even like with the, even, yeah, I, I can't get in the habit of doing anything on social media though. Like I, I half hate it and half like it. Mm-hmm. So I, I pushed all that off to the other guys in, in the studio and, I just can't, I, I'd struggle with the regularity of like um, a theme almost, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like when I was in charge of our Instagram, it was all just like behind the scenes and us right. being goofy. And then as we started bringing people on, they're like, no, it's got to be like the Instructor celebration forward. of our instructors. And right, I was like, all right, right, great. Someone else do it, please. So like, please, <laughs> I don't want this Instagram account anymore. Like yeah. it just kind of drives me nuts. But I mean, that's, that's totally personally me. I think that's universal. I mean, I've always struggled with it, but I'm an old fart. And <laughs> well, you don't know your password to get into it. Right. That's why I have you around. <laughs> that's why I rely on you so yep. heavily here. You are. Rob's been locked out. I've been locked out of everything. The third week. <laughs> I'd be locked out of my own studio half the time. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And, and you know, it, it's funny because my Instagram, it, I feel like it's, you know, it's my business stuff. It's obviously, it's my, my work and my photos and everything, but it's become such a, a cool place to interact with people directly. Whereas my Facebook business page, you never know who is, who is seeing those, those posts. You never know, you know, are because of the new algorithm, are they mm-hmm. going to see it? They're not going to see it. It's going to be like three weeks from now when they see it. Finally, Instagram has, has been like fantastic in the sense that I can post something. And for the most part, I mean, they, they recently changed the algorithm also, I guess about a year ago or so, but, um, it's direct communication and especially with Instagram stories, it's the, you know, people who are interested can see what you're up to right. immediately. And I think that's fantastic. Well, cause those people are searching for the narrative. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they're, they're directly searching for that narrative. So right. it is a really cool platform. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Agree. Are you prepared for when Instagram turns into what Facebook is now? Like, 
Yeah. Do we need a backup plan in place? I don't. I don't. It's Instagram or nothing. Instagram goes away, and I'm I'm back to teaching. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be hard. That's interesting. Walk me through kind of like what does your average shoot look like? Kind of walk me through like the team of people that are there. Who do you rely on in your crew? Like what does that look like? Okay. Well, typically, um, for example, if we start at the beginning get an inquiry. I have a shoot uh, next week and it's a repeat client, uh, thankfully. So the shoot that we did with them last year was an outdoor apparel company, um, outdoor lifestyle, that sort of stuff. So they contacted me directly via email and said, hey, you know, we're planning this shoot. We want to know, you know, are you available? What your rate is? What do we get with this? Um, Et cetera, et cetera. So I wrote them back and said, you know, this is my rate. This is what we do. This is on on set. This is how many images you get at the end of the, you know, when we're done. And um, here are your options. If you want to do like an a la carte thing, you can do, if you want to add a Digitech, you want to add like a couple of assistants, you want to add, um, you know, all the images that you, you know, that you want. Um, and they were like, no, no, this is, <laughs> this is enough. We're just going to do this. Uh, so planning out the shoot, communication back and forth, saying, okay, these are our, our, our models we're gonna use. It was three girls and a guy. Um, this is our location. These are the, the amount of outfits we're gonna shoot. This is the, the breakdown of what we want. Um, not what we want each shoot to look at, though I've, I've worked on shoots where they've had a shot list and they say, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do it. And this is what we want our images to look like. Um, which is fantastic because it's basically just showing up and, and doing some, you know, a little bit of creative work and just you're fully part of a team at that point. It, it, it's less individual and more teamwork, which is great. Um, but for that, that other shoot, then it's, you know, on set with an assistant. The makeup artist was provided by them. The stylist was provided by them. They brought in all the wardrobe. They secured the location. Um, I showed up walked through with the team said okay we're going to do here 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 and here let me you know let's let's take a look at the wardrobe let's see this let's um let's plan it out how many we're going to try and do before lunch how are we going to try and do after lunch are we going to need any lighting we're we going to need this and then from that point it's just sort of a smooth hopefully smooth run through yeah. through the day uh, never it never is. is i was gonna say it, it's, <laughs> there's it's, always a curveball it's in my head out, yeah. it's a smooth run yeah. but the reality of it is there's always like you said there's always a curveball there's always something that comes up um but for the most part they they run generally pretty smooth um but and then we do the shoot we wrap we um everybody goes our separate way i take the images look through them send over a um a proofing gallery, the creative director, or the depending on who I'm working with, usually it's a creative director, will go through them, choose the images they want me to, to retouch or edit. They'll send them back to me with any notes. I'll go through, tone them, edit them. Do you um, do all your own retouching? I do, yeah, yeah. I'm always on the lookout for retouchers to work with um, just because I, I, I mean, it, it's, I'm always on the lookout for anybody to work yeah. with just because it, it, I really appreciate working within a team because it's, it allows everybody to work to their strengths. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like I feel like I'm a I'm a pretty good photographer, but I'm not a very good uh, location scout, or I'm not a very good creative director, or I'm not a, or I'm a moderately okay creative. There's no director. way to do everything. There's exactly no way. And, and I can do retouching, I can do editing, I can do all this stuff. But there are people who do it amazingly well, and I want to work with those people. Right. 
you know, because it, it makes my work look better and hopefully makes their work look better and everybody's happier and we book more stuff as a result. Are you shooting tethered or are you shooting handheld? Do you have a preference on the workflow? It depends. If we're doing outside location stuff, then shooting handheld is usually fine with maybe a monopod, depending on if, you know, what, what the situation is. Um, when I shoot some of the bigger stuff, we've done um, tethered to a cart and I'll have the, the Digitech like following behind me with his big digit cart and I'm you know got 30 feet of of tether tools uh cable <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a preference on your raw processor there's a lot of a lot of opinion, strong opinions out there yeah you know for a while I was with Lightroom um and that was great well backing up for a while I was with Aperture Way oh, back, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. way back yeah. in the day, dating yourself now, right? I know. I know. It actually wasn't that long. Ago. <laughs> I know. It wasn't. Like, it just, there was so much potential for that gone. program. Yeah, there, there was, was a lot. So, of there was a lot of potential. Yep, yeah, and, and I think there are still some communities online you can find who are like not still gonna, using it. Yeah, like yeah. not going to let it die. Um, but wow. I was with them for a while, and then I went to Bridge, and then I went to Lightroom, and for the last couple of years, I've been making the switch. I'm about 100 percent over now to uh, uh, Capture One, and. Um, Full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a Capture One ambassador, Phase One ambassador, so I, I feel like I have to mention Disclose that. Disclose away. <laughs> so, but it's an, it's an amazing program. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I'm fully over to that now. And, and I mean, the reasons for one or the other are you can sit here all day and debate it. But I, I like Capture One just because it's, it's become, for me, more familiar. And it's what I use when I shoot in a more professional uh, structured sense yeah. so from that point it just sort of you know uh, um, bled over into my my personal stuff yeah yeah it's, it's definitely interesting for me like I started out as a digital tech so for me like every instructor that we've worked with I've always asked like you know what do you use and like kind of the common denominator that everyone tells me is the, the skin tones in Capture One are mm -hmm. just phenomenally better and more accurate than Lightroom would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lightroom is great if you're um at least in my my experience, if for using if you have a I have probably about six hundred presets that I've made over the last like seven years, and if there's something that I need to go and I need to drop in a preset real quick on a couple of images, then I'll open it up in Lightroom and I'll I'll do that. But um, I think Lightroom benefits from from that. They have an amazing you know, set of of presets that you can use. And but Capture One for me has especially with the skin tones, I, I love the fact that I can go in and, you know, the, there's the, the color editor and the skin tone editor and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, as much as I've been using it, I'm still learning how to use it. It's a really powerful program. And they keep making yeah. just a lot of changes to it. It's becoming more and more closer to Photoshop. You can do almost everything in Definitely. the program itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been, it's been fantastic. And every time I use it and open it up, in fact, two nights ago I was using it and I'm looking at it and I'm like, Oh, that's exactly what I've been trying to do for the last six months. I just figured it out. It was using the color editor with the the sliding. I don't know. You guys can't see my hands moving back and forth. But they can. So they're going idea. up and down. Folks. I was, I was learning how to use them. Yeah. John, he's yeah. like the wacky inflatable arm man over there. <laughs> anyway, I figured it out, and now I'm 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 happy. But every time I use it, it's it's I learn something new. So I'm I'm. Yeah, fully on board with it. Well, on the topic of gear, what are you shooting with? What walk me through your? It's 
It's funny. For a long time, I was definitely one of those people. And I, I don't know if this, this kind of came over from back in the day when I used to play guitar. I was always like, oh, I need a new guitar. I need this. That's the tone I'm looking for. That's the, you know, I got to get this acoustic, that, that one. Um, and then when I started photography, I was like, that's the camera I need. I need mm -hmm. this one. I need that lens. I need it's this a trap. One. It's, it's absolutely a trap. And, and over the years, I've sort of went through a multitude of, of different cameras, you know, situations and, and combinations and all this kind of stuff. Um, but since I, it's funny, but since I started working professionally and since I started depending on my camera for my income, I've been completely satisfied with uh, what I've been shooting. And uh, almost two years ago, I went from a 5D3, Canon 5D3, to a Canon 1DX, um, mm -hmm. which I got just for the... The autofocus is um, obviously, you know, the autofocus is faster. Yeah. And the, um, the the frames per second is, is kind of off the chart. So it for what I and was. And you doing, need that for lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things I was shooting with the five D three, and my keeper rate was, you know, if I was doing some movement, a lot of movement stuff, my keeper rate was really low. Um, as soon as I went to the the one DX, it. Um, keeper rate went up just because the autofocus is faster yeah. just because yeah, it's so much tighter it's so much tighter and the frames per second just made everything so much better where i was coming home at the end of the day saying oh i got that i got that one too I got that so one you too. must shoot a ton of frames on a, on a job <sighs> yeah i think after the first year I, i've lost count now i haven't checked in a while but after the first year of having the camera i was up over 280k Wow, that's in, a lot in a of year. clicks in a year. It's a lot because yeah. it's, in addition to shooting lifestyle, I also shoot. Um, and it, within the last year or so, I've I've gotten water housing and I've I've done a lot of in water surf related stuff and surfing, and some of the you know, you're, it's there's a lot of high speed shutter use, mm -hmm. uh, high speed um, frames per second uh, use because you're just sort of as you're ducking through the wave, you have one hand up and your oh, hands yeah. just firing off you know 30 frames or whatever it hey, is. water stuff is really cool i was looking at it and i, I can tell you're really having a good time with it oh, like, that's it. just a passion for you you want to get in the water yeah. and and play around with your camera absolutely love it yeah it's um it, it's it, i've wanted a water housing since i was 19 and for one reason or another never had one uh expensive those, those reasons are yeah, money reasons exactly cash. Yeah. sometimes more <laughs> than the camera itself yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah um but i was lucky i i wound up um working at a working um along with uh, aquatech um and they were able to kind of hook me up with one of the the housings for the the 1dx so i've been playing with that for the last well i own it i bought it but they gave me a, a good deal on it but um I've been using that, and uh, it's been fantastic. I absolutely love it. So to, to get back to the original question was Canon 1DX. Um, I really like the uh, – I have a 2470 Mark One, which I absolutely love over the, the Mark II. The Mark II, is, really? Mark II is super sharp, and if I'm doing, like, critical kind of – too, it's almost too sharp, but which sounds kind of funny. But, but I rent it – if I'm doing, like – for for Skechers, for example, like because their stuff is going to be blown up on you know in store displays and you know eight by ten light box uh, eight by ten but uh, ten by thirty six ish light boxes and that kind of stuff where it's big big stuff. Right. Um, I want something that's going to be that's going to be sharp and the, the Mark One is yeah the Mark One is great um, and I love it for my personal work and for kind of stuff that needs that's less critical but for the bigger clients i go with the the mark ii which i usually rent um and then 
in addition to that, uh, you know, the water housing, but I've recently fallen in love with the, uh, the Fuji X pro two, which just kind of came out of nowhere. I I really wasn't expecting it. I just was sort of playing around with, um, so what do you like about it? It's a totally different camera, totally different camera. I think that's one of the things I like about it is the fact that it's, it's got such a cool retro design. It feels Mm. like an old rangefinder. It feels like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's got this great selection of, of lenses. Um, but I put a 23 millimeter, uh, lens on it, the 1.4 and I, it's so effectively 35, 35 millimeters. So I just, I keep that on it and it's become a great, like personal kind of bring with me everywhere camera. Yeah. I think that's a great thing about different cameras. You know, there's not one camera that's perfect and they all have their own unique look. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. they can all be really close An 85 is really close to an 85 by another manufacturer, but um, when you're talking about really different cameras, they really lend themselves to different look. And it's good, I think, as an individual to make yourself think differently, mm-hmm. kind of change up your process versus just get stuck in a rut. So use different equipment that Definitely. kind of makes you think in a new way because mm-hmm. it'll come through in your images. Oh, absolutely. And I've used it on shoots before. And it's the, one of the reasons I was really interested in the first place was because I wanted something that was because my only other camera is the 1DX. So what, my own professional camera is the 1DX. And when I was doing photo shoots and I had this gigantic camera in somebody's face, it kind of is a little off-putting. At least I felt like that yeah, um, it's big. from the few times that I've been in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, so I kind of was thinking like, you know, maybe there's something I could get that's a little bit more disarming, a little bit smaller, a little bit that'll give me something a little bit more of a snapshot type feel. Um, which also plays into lifestyle photography because it's sort of like, uh, you know, in the moment, spontaneous. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, you know, uh, um, I went in that direction and I, I've been loving it so far. The one downside of it, I will say is that it's, it's because it's got this cool retro styling and because it reminds me so much of a film camera, I've somehow now found myself with about five retro like old school film cameras like i, I was it's like coming oh, back it's coming yeah i was going to ask you if you've ever shot film because yeah. it sounds like your career always making been digital. it again yeah it's yeah there, no it's, i'm really excited about it so i don't shoot film professionally it, it's more of a right. you know labor of love passion project sort of thing but but yeah i went from the you know the the fuji and i was like well you know let me see what's about out there and i had a minolta srt 100 yeah 101 mm-hmm. yeah um now i have a a, a nikonos mm-hmm. the little water camera yeah, which yeah. i love i yeah, a few weeks ago i went and bought a, a pentax 67 oh, awesome. format yeah yeah that's a great camera <sighs> yeah i've had oh, one of those in my it. day too oh, i love it's it good. so much yeah. it's so good um so yeah so it, all of a sudden i went from like just my my 1dx within a now i'm like have all these cameras everywhere. Uh, it's addicting it's really addicting. <laughs> i keep really buying it well we keep buying instax cameras yeah. and uh i either a lose them or <laughs> that's why or, we b, we, or b we never have them when we really want them and yep. we're like oh crap where's the where's right. the closest <laughs> place where we can get one so there's this like there's this shelf of instax cameras but we, we have this huge wall uh, the wall of shame fan yeah. <laughs> and uh we got a whole collection of instax cameras there's so many i, I love them they're fun I love them. yeah they're totally i don't know if that fun. qualifies me as shooting film but that's as close as i'm gonna get it no it counts yeah it's <laughs> film it counts you can hold it in your hands it counts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wave it wave, wave it. it smell it <laughs> let's let's back up and talk a little bit about lifestyle in a in an article that was posted and i got some feedback oh i think i know yeah. what you're talking about um so on petapixel you had a series of lifestyle images and then mm-hmm. in the comments People just like, of course, are ignorant, and we're like ripping it apart. You know, there was, um, it, for those of you who haven't seen it, it was women laughing, having a good time. It's like the epitome of lifestyle. 
Do you think people just don't understand what brands try to do when creating a lifestyle fun image like that? Yeah, I, I this this was it, it was so funny and and I think the problem with the image uh, the problem with the article was it was an article that was based off of um, the the I don't know but it was the there was a lot that went on in it but yeah I, I think a lot of people were upset for a couple of reasons one because I'd used the word authentic and I think that's what it was yeah, yeah and and I think for one reason or another there is this idea that. I mean, I don't even know because obviously I use the word. So if there's this negative connotation to it, I'm completely oblivious to it. But apparently, the internet does not like it, <laughs> and it was posted on the you know the the one of the websites, and then it made its way to Reddit and Petapixel, oh, yeah, Reddit, and, yeah, yeah. and I was after it posted, I was like, oh, this is great. Got some feedback. I was looking. Some people were positive about that. Oh, great work. This or that, whatever. And then. Um, a little few hours later, I looked at it again, and it just turned. Yeah. And it got dark, and people <laughs> really, were I know. really dark. Yeah, people yeah. were not happy with me. They were so upset. It's like, why are you so upset? They were they were not happy with me. Well, people do that all the time. I mean, that's the problem with the internet. People oh, are. A, it's really easy to be a critic, especially when you're not the one who's actually yeah. the producer, right? Because you want to be producing mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. people turn. I, I just Silly. don't. I, I don't get it. I mean, if, if anybody out there is listening, they can explain it to me. Feel free. But I, I was very. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't upset by it because I'm aware of what the internet is like, and I know how people can kind of, you know, armchair photographer totally. sort of stuff. And and that's fine. Like I've I've had my share of looking at somebody's work and being like, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal of it? Um, but I've never sent somebody hate mail because of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually, so I stopped reading the comments because they had gotten so negative so quickly. And then I also, like I was getting emails from people who were just like, you're shooting, all you're shooting is, is I mean, I don't know how much we want to go into it here, but they were just- All the way, taking all the way. All the way okay. <laughs> so they were upset with me. Uh, they were upset with my work for, I guess, that I was shooting just, Oh, it's so easy. All right, so backing up a bit. My whole thing was, if you want to have a great, authentic photograph, the moments have to be authentic. You can't force anything, Is was basically the, the, the point of the article. Was, and it may not even been the point of an article, it may have been like a paragraph. It was like, if you want to take a good photo, it's it's got to be authentic. It's right. got to be real. You can't... And you have to create that environment where, where the models can, can really enjoy themselves and it comes through. Exactly. Right? And even if you're telling her, okay, sit on this couch, do this, look over here, whatever, and then smile and laugh. They're not, it, it, to me, in my work, it you have to sort of cultivate this, this attitude and this situation and this atmosphere where somebody's relaxed enough that they're not sitting there like a deer in the headlights and they're not looking like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How, how do I do this? Um, you have to... You know the the smiles are real. Every picture, on the, you know every picture on my website where somebody's laughing and smiling, having a great time, those are real. As far as I'm concerned, they're right. real. Like I, I wasn't like throwing smile. rocks at them and saying like, smile, <laughs> smile. You have to laugh. Be funnier. Be funnier. Um, smile, learn it. That would be funny as hell to see a photographer right. throwing rocks at a model saying smile. Yeah. So I think people were upset at that because they were kind of like, well, all you're doing is taking pictures of professional models and they're all, of course, they're going to be smiling and laughing. And of course, and then it got into the whole, this is when I stopped reading when people were saying, well, all you're, shoot, all you're doing is shooting white girls smiling on the beach, which if you look at my work and specifically, if you look at the photos in the article, that's not true. Like there's, there are, I, I, I think try to shoot very diverse amount of, right. of people and I shoot men and I shoot women and I shoot all ethnicities and 
And what makes it to the internet is usually a lot of that. And I'm very proud of what I do. And I'm very proud of the work that I've shot. And for people to kind of call me out on it and say, well, all you're shooting is white girls. I was, it didn't get to me where I was upset or angry. I was like, well, you're clearly not looking at yep. anything other than what, I don't even know what, what they're they, looking at. They've already made up their mind. They prejudged exactly. you. And exactly. so they just want to harpoon you. Right, right. So I, I yeah, so that was, that was my experience with that. And, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm smarter in that I just will not post to Reddit anymore. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I, you know, one photo that comes to mind that proves that you don't just shoot white women is your photo of a particular Indian man on the beach that ended up being photoshopped. <laughs> like, uh, oh my uh, god, how many different? That's like a, that that was nuts. That was the best. So that, uh, yeah. we're, we're talking. I'm sure you've probably seen it, but Pratik Nake, Um was on the beach, and you shot this kind of candid <laughs> shot of him wearing Bella, his girlfriend's uh, hat, and then it ended up, and it's still to this day. It's still being yeah. photoshopped it's around. Being photoshopped. Uh-huh, he, uh-huh. That same photo just got photoshopped on Beyonce. Yeah, I know. It's fabulous. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> on the I most recent oh, it's great. It. It's now, you know, Beyonce's new maternity oh, uh, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're, they're photoshopping <laughs> Pratik's head on all. Of course, Beyonce is yeah. fabulous. It, it's amazing how you you can't really choose the stuff you want to go viral. It was Pratik and Bella came out and they wanted to do a photo shoot. And well, actually, I kind of goaded them into doing a photo shoot. I was like, oh, let's go to the beach, let's hang out, I'll take a picture of you guys. And and it was it was great. We got some really re- amazing stuff. And and Bella, of course, looks beautiful, and Pratik looks very you know stately and professional. And <laughs> and at one point, he was standing off in the background. I turned my camera on him and, and took the picture. And then I'm as I tend to do with a lot of my friends, is we Photoshop each other doing right. funny stuff. Because like, that's what Photoshop is for, right? right? I mean, what else we use it for? For farting around. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I Photoshopped him. I, I forgot what the original thing was that I had done and sent it to him. And then he's like, I have a great idea. So then he posted it and said, Photoshop me. And then everybody, and he's got a, a huge network of photographers, retouchers, uh, Everybody, it seems, just took their opportunity and, and photoshopped him doing amazing stuff. There was some really, really good stuff uh, yeah. that people did. I was did. blown away. Yeah. I mean, there was hundreds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. It was fun. Yep. <laughs> so, obviously, we're here at WPPI. How do you, what do you use these events for? How do you network? What do you, what's your game plan here? Uh, pretty much just meeting people. I, I've spoken to a lot of people, whether it's via internet, phone, you know, if they're, if they're photographers like myself, if they're clients or vendors or something like that, I've, it's just getting FaceTime with people. And, and I, I feel like that's important because people need to know, um, you know, the, the industry in general has a very short memory. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to see you, whether it's, you know, it's something like this, which is huge, obviously, or if it's a small little five photographer get together in, in a bar in LA or something like that, it's important for people to kind of know, oh yeah, he's still around and he's still doing this and he's, he's, he's shooting this work. And, um, so my, my game plan for something like this is just to kind of go with the flow and maybe do a podcast or two and check this off the box. <laughs> check this box. We actually off. have an exclusive uh, that we're going to have you sign. No more podcasts. <laughs> we, we have the, this, this, is, John's this is the exclusive. only podcast you can do. <laughs> well, at least we got Sorry. this one in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's just a matter. I think tomorrow, I think we missed the, uh, 
the expo today, um, but tomorrow we're going to go to the expo and just see who's there. I have some f- friends from the East Coast who, re- who have booths and some friends from L.A. who, who are going to be there and just sort of say hi and meet people and hopefully go to a party or two tonight. Um, but the network in general for me, networking in general for me is more of just letting people know that you're around and you're sort of still doing what you do. Um, you know, it's a couple of years ago I had, uh, gone away to Miami for a couple of months and I, I came back and I had feel like I had to reintroduce myself to everybody just because it was, that's kind of scary. Yeah. If, if you feel that way after just a couple months, it moves so yeah. quickly people and it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it's kind of like, you know, what we're doing, unless you're at the, the top 1% of, of, you know, artists or photographers or something like that, what we do is, you know, it's everybody has their own individual creativity, obviously. But, you know, if I were to suddenly quit photography tomorrow, none of my clients would have any problem Finding, a finding another no, no, no. photographer. I mean, no. I'm, it might... There are a thousand out there run, right. wanting to take your place for right now. Exactly, exactly. And it's not to say they would do a, a better job or a worse job, but they would do the job. Right. And it's it's important to, you know, and this goes to, to also keeping clients aware that you're still out there doing it and sending the, the you're networking with them and sending, you know, quarterly or, or biweekly or bimonthly emails or something like that. Being like, hey, you know, how are you doing? Or something like that. Um, so I think networking in general is just an important, definitely an important tool. So now that the business of photography has sucked you out of the world of teaching mm-hmm. and into the world of photography, mm-hmm. um, what do you want to get out of this this business? Where do you want to, Where do you want to go with your career? That is a great question. Um, fame, fortune, <laughs> <laughs> um, and everything that goes and with everything it. Everything that goes with it. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> um, no, I I'm just. I mean, uh, without this, you know, I don't want to sound corny or cheeseball or anything like that, but I just love the fact that I'm able to wake up in the morning, create my own hours, create my own art for clients who appreciate what I do. And um, my end goal is to just keep being able to do this. You know, I've worked in such a structured environment for such a long time prior to this that everything is just sort of like, this is amazing. Like I get to right. do this and here I am sitting here with you guys and I get to go and now we're going to go walk around Vegas. And, um, there really yeah, that is, must be a huge shift for your mind going yeah. from, you know, it's nine to five ish sort of, but mm-hmm. such a structured environment to a, a business that is totally dependent on what you put into it. Definitely. It, it's been a huge learning experience. Um, when I was teaching, even before I was teaching, when I was going to college and I was working at night at a computer company, or I was, you know, before that, when I was delivering kitchen cabinets or working in a warehouse or anything like that, it was always structured and I always knew, you know, okay, I'm going to put in my 40 hours or 50 hours or 60 hours. This is my paycheck's going to be. This is how it's going to be. I don't have to promote myself. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to do anything but just show up. And I mean, obviously with teaching, it got a little bit more complicated because you're doing lesson planning, you're doing all this kind of stuff. And so there was definitely more, um, more of me in it but going from that to all of a sudden where it's just sort of if I don't like if if I mean if I if, if I was a teacher and I showed up I could still kind of and I didn't plan any lessons I, I can still sort of you know work you my could way wing through it. The day. I could wing it exactly if if all of a sudden I stopped promoting myself stopped promo- uh, posting on Instagram stopped networking stopped talking to friends stopped just sort of sat around and said okay I'm gonna wait for the clients to come in I'm sure there'd be a small trickle, 
but that would dry up pretty quickly. Yeah, be out of business. I'd be out of business, and there would be no. It definitely wouldn't be any new uh, things coming in. Um, so it, it's been a huge learning experience because it's, you know, especially coming at it from a. I mean, it's a double-edged sword coming at it from you know at a, at a later age is because at one hand I'm like, man, I've been I've been at this game for you know work for the last like 25 years since I was 15 years old. I, you know, if I was teaching straight through, I could have retired in a few years or something right, right. like that. But then also looking at it like, well, here I am in my 40s. Now there are kids who are, you know, 16 years old booking, you know, $10,000 jobs. I, I'm, I need to catch up. I need to like really work harder at this than, than they do and really need to put myself out there more. So there's, there's definitely a balance and it's, it's a constant struggle between, you know, wanting to enjoy the lifestyle, but also wanting to do the work to enjoy the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the structured part of it is, I mean, it's definitely a structure. I don't wake up every morning just laying on my couch and saying, oh, what are we going to do today? And sometimes I do that, but <laughs> most days. I, um, but yeah, it, it's definitely been interesting coming from a, a structured environment of, you know, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and it's six o'clock and I'll say, Oh, you know, only if I was still teaching, I'd have another five minutes left to sleep and then I'd have to be on my way to <laughs> right. work. And then, or if it's two fifteen in the afternoon, I'd say, Oh, I'd be on my way home from work now. And you know, I'm still sitting at home, my pajamas emailing. Right. So when you did, when you did come from this other business, who are the photographers that inspired you? Whose work did you find? What did, what did you kind of feed off of to think, Oh man, I want to get better and be like that individual. Um, <laughs> Or did you? I, I did. There, there there were definitely some some um, some photographers whose work I, I maybe not consciously was was kind of but gravitated towards. G- I gravitated right. towards exactly. And exactly. that's really the question I'm asking. Like yeah. what 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 resonated with you? Who resonated um, with? You? I'm trying to think of, of specific names, but there's and it's gonna sound bad, but so I, back when I first started, there was you know I, I was shooting. I went through literally. Um, and this is a, it was a huge learning experience for me, but I went through literally every like iteration of photography that you could possibly go through. I was like, oh, I'm going to shoot beauty portraits. I'm going to shoot, you know, uh, weddings. I'm going to shoot this. I'm, uh, I'm going to shoot, you know, events. I'm going to shoot all this kind right. of stuff. And and I was pretty fairly bad at most of it, um, <laughs> uh, the majority of it. And once I started getting a little bit more. Um, I started building up a little bit more following and I I started seeing people, you know, from whose work from outside the market where I was, where I was in San Diego was a very kind of small closed market. I really wasn't doing too much looking outside of that. But, um, once I decided like, yeah, you know, maybe this lifestyle thing might be, might work for me because I resisted it for such a long time because I felt exactly how everybody else feels. Oh, it's just smiling teenagers on the beach. And what fun is that? And, you know, it's really wasn't doing it for me. But then I had gotten to this point where I kind of looked and thought, well, you know, what, what, what do I enjoy? And what makes me, you know, kind of, how did I grow up? And what, what's, um, basically what do I enjoy and uh it was you know beach lifestyle beach kind of I grew up on the beach I grew up surfing I grew up swimming at the ocean I grew up fishing I grew up doing all this kind of outdoor activity and here I am trying to shoot like high fashion Mm. and I'm like all right it's not jiving because I don't have that passion I don't have a passion for it I didn't appreciate it I didn't have the the background Mm. knowledge I didn't have any of that stuff for it so it was once I decided like okay lifestyle that's that's me it felt 
I was like, all of a sudden, it just it clicked. It's that no age-old phrase, to pursue what you love, and Absolutely. everything else falls into place. Exactly, and literally exactly that. So that being said, once I, I kind of got that out of the way and was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to work. I started looking at different photographers, and there were there were a ton. There's the guys who shoot the you know some of the American Eagle ads, the guys who shoot the vans, the guys who shoot. But And this is going to sound really bad, but there was one photographer in particular it's not going to sound bad. It's going to sound funny, and people are going to roll their eyes at it. Oh, it's good, though. That's, yeah. This is the kind of stuff you like. <laughs> so it's one, one photographer in particular whose work I was following and have, like, preset after preset after preset when I was using Lightroom, trying to figure out her toning and trying to figure out how she was doing it. And and she, so <laughs> we're, we're dating now, actually. It's, it's my girlfriend. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So for a while, I had known of her and her work before we actually had met because I had right. shot a couple of girls that she had shot and I talked I was like how do, you know how does she shoot and she's got this great lifestyle and there's every you know there's such life in their eyes and all this kind of stuff and and I um so then I, I became a fan of her work and that's kind of you know how I based my 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 look my toning my aesthetic I still haven't caught up to it yet I'm still working <laughs> on it but um but yeah so so Kate Moore, if anybody's... I think that uh, sounds awesome, and, yeah. and I love that. And see, I, lo- I also wanted to kind of get at that because I think it's great that you um, were so drawn to someone's style that you wanted to learn their process, mm-hmm. and you started to try things, and that in turn taught you what you need to do about yeah. your own photography. Definitely. And, and I mean, then you got the girl on top of and it. Bonus. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's been a long so road. Wise. Of... <laughs> so wise. So wise. I feel like we've just barely scratched the, the surface. Right? That's why he's got all the gray in his beard. He's so wise. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, anyway, so, I mean, that's a, that's a Have we embarrassed you enough now? Yeah, a little bit. The fact yeah, that okay. she's sitting over there giving me the eyes and, you know. <laughs> um, but no, it's a true story, and and there, I mean, I could. There are people who are probably going to listen to this and laugh and say, "Oh yeah, I remember when John was like." I think it's a great story. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I love that, it's, and it's very real. It's very human. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but that's not to say that if I appreciate someone's work, I'm going to try to date them. Also, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, that just is very time consuming. So aggressive. Very expensive. <laughs> Mario Testino, you're not going to like yeah, reach out gonna, and yeah. see if he'll go out on a date with you. I mean, I'll give him a hug, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know if that'll get me like a camera setting or something. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I mean, in addition to her, there are obviously a lot of photographers whose work I gravitate towards. Um, of course, there's the classics, and especially now that I'm I'm having this kind of um, rekindling of a love of shooting film, I'm looking back at all the film photographers who I used to follow and who I used to look at, and you know the the you know the people who were up on top, you know the the Annie Leibovitzes and the right. Um, Helmut Newtons and all those yeah. people who it's hard to beat Helmut Newton. it is it's yeah hard and, to and beat him. it's one of those things where you look at it and you say that's amazing I will never shoot like that right. and you know you maybe can subconsciously incorporate something maybe, maybe there's you know oh he had a coffee mug in his shot I have a coffee mug in my shot that's <laughs> it that's an inspiration right. um, not to mention the books he made oh, those yeah. books are nuts like yeah. the, the, the three foot Oh, sumo, sumo! I think it's called. Sumo, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man! Yeah, uh, those are that was special to to <laughs> flip through that. We got to flip through one, yeah, and, which was really yeah, amazing. Yeah. What are those going for now? Mm, Tens of thousands. Yeah, it's like thirty grand or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, so there's there's definitely that aspect, and there's, there's always people whose work I'm seeing, and and the thing about living in LA 
and the thing about photography industry in general is there's always new people who are producing amazing work. Did we get to how you got to LA? I don't remember talking about that. You were in yeah, San Diego. I was in San Diego. Yeah. How did you get to LA and what, what pulled you up there? I felt like being in LA would be a, probably a good career move. Yeah. It, I mean, it has. And San Diego is wonderful and it's beautiful and yeah, I love cool it, but it doesn't have the market, unfortunately, that LA has. So was it hard for you to enter the LA market? Because you you had kind of been known in San Diego and you were branching out beyond mm -hmm. that. So w was that a scary shift for you? Definitely. Yeah. Because it's, be I mean, it, it's, I mean, yes, it, it was because it's, you're kind of putting all your chips in one basket and saying like, or all your eggs in one basket, all your chips in, whatever the <laughs> chips in one basket. Chickens, chickens in a basket. <laughs> all your chickens and uh, yeah. ducks in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the metaphor is, yeah. Uh, I, or the analogy, whatever it is. Um, it's pennies in a slot. That's what it is. There you go. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it was definitely, um, I mean, it was a calculated move. It, it sort of calculated. I had a friend who was, um, she was, living in LA she had a house and she was leaving and say she wanted to know if I want to sublease her play her her room for um a couple of months and I was like yeah well here I am living in LA all of a sudden so I went from from San Diego to Orange County for a little while and then up to LA and literally like woke up and I was like oh I'm in LA and this is okay here we go how are we gonna right. do this and thankfully within you know a few weeks of of that this was 2015 the few weeks of moving in things just started snowballing um 2015 was a really really good year last year i think i suffered a little bit because i was working so much in, in 2015 that i kind of social media took a little bit of a back seat and i was kind of traveling a little bit and enjoying the the fruits of of having worked so hard for you know 2015 and then so 2016 was kind of like huh oh yeah i gotta go back to this promotion thing and and so it's it's Toward the end of the year, it, it picked up, but yeah, it was definitely, it's a good reminder. Like, well, that's the nature of the business too. It ebbs and flows. Too, so you yeah. have up years and you have down years and it's, it's being able to maintain your business so that you can mm -hmm, kind of be mm -hmm. level throughout it all. Yeah. And, and it's, that's also something that I needed to learn because I, I, did, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Like I wasn't aware like, oh yeah, you know, with, with teaching, with any job that's structured like that, you're, you know. Come December, uh, you know, December, January in photography, in, in this industry, you have a, you know, there, you won't get an email or a call for weeks mm -hmm. and you won't have work or anything like that. But, you know, a, a job teaching or a job at an insurance company or whatever, you're, you have your guaranteed work. You know, the kids right. aren't, <laughs> they're still showing up in, they in check December. every two weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it, it was definitely a learning experience and it was definitely something that I needed to, uh, you know, experience and, and, and I definitely, gave that to me and uh was quick to whatever it gives it'll it'll and in big cities like that yeah, new yeah. york is is especially unforgiving you don't have any desire to go back to new york do you um or do you i i mean new york is such a different market mm -hmm. for me it it i don't think my work would translate well there i've been there i mean i grew up there and right. but i i've never actually been there and tried working as a photographer so i know like I've tried to do test shoots, I've tried to do, and, and things there are a little bit more fashiony, a little bit more um, different than what I do. Um, not a lot of beaches in New York, you know. No, no it, it's definitely not like that. You know that that golden sunset, you know, right. <laughs> kind of thing. Sun kissed everybody. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful sand. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, New York is a little bit, especially you know, there, there's 
there's areas of New York, like the Montauk sure. is fantastic. I love it out there. Um, in fact, I think we're planning on going back there for a few weeks back in, uh, in coming up in April. Um, the South Shore of Long Island has beautiful beaches, and I would love to shoot there. But it, it's difficult because everybody's in Manhattan. To get everybody out to Montauk is a three-hour train drive, yeah, train ride. So it's kind yeah. of like, whereas in L.A. or San Diego or Orange County, everybody lives on the beach anyway, pretty much, and you're within you know an Uber ride of it. What's the longest you've been stuck in traffic in L.A.? Oh, um, <laughs> and how are you a, adjusting? <laughs> how are you adjusting to that? It's yeah, that's the worst part. One of the worst parts because there are things you want to do. Like you, I'm finding that being spontaneous is very difficult because you can't. You know, three o'clock in the afternoon, you want oh I can go do a photo shoot. Oh wait, by the time I get together and by the time I get you know my stuff together and then I have to sit in traffic for 45 minutes and then by the time I get there it's you know it's six o'clock and lights gone. Um, but there were there were times I sat in traffic. I, I would say the longest was probably coming from San Diego to LA was maybe just under four hours, which is typically it's a hundred miles, so it's typically a two hour two hour twenty minute ride. So four hours was about yeah, that's yeah, yeah. There was a, a video back in in uh, December of the 405 in LA where it was yeah. just backed up for yeah. miles and miles and miles. I was in I wasn't in that, but I had I was out that day and I had exited and gotten home just as people were starting to post that. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, it's a thing. Yeah. It's just part of life out there. <laughs> it's part of life. You yeah. just build it into your day. Yeah. So besides Montauk, what's, what's next for John Shell? <sighs> next. Um, Where, all right. How about this? Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, <laughs> man. I don't even know. Five years. Jeez. Can, can I, is it, <laughs> Even feasible today to think that yeah. far ahead, you know, like you know what? it's changing so quickly. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a that's a good thing to consider. And you know, if I was keep going back to teaching and teaching, if I was five years, I'd say, well, I was, you know, regardless of what the you know the the, the policies change and all that kind of stuff that you're teaching. If you're teaching history, you're still teaching history in five years. If you're but you're five years closer to retirement. Um, if you're teaching special education, you're still teaching special education. There are some things that might change here and there, procedures, paperwork, all that kind of stuff. Students obviously change. Um, but photography, it, I mean, if you would have told me a week ago that I'd be sitting in Vegas, uh, you know, on a podcast with you guys, I would have been like, oh, sure. Yeah, that'll right. happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so who knows? I, I would love to put together um, occasionally, well, a lot I get um, asked about workshops I get asked about that kind of stuff uh, so I would love to maybe put together a workshop here and there I would love to keep growing my client base I would love to do some you know traveling for work that sort of thing um, yeah there's a lot it, it, I couldn't say in five years I want this because it's there's so many variables and so many different um, directions that I could go or that we could go in in this sort of thing that we do it's hard to say oh yeah in five years I want this it's interesting because you you almost have to let the business lead you, mm -hmm. but you have to be very active in shaping your career in that business. That's a great right? point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's kind of counterintuitive, but that's the way it, the business is now. It is. It absolutely is. And and every day is learning experience. And I mean, it, it, you're sort of like, oh, these are the trends. This is what right. I have to do. And this is where it's going now. And now I have to do this. And But still being a, a leader and still being the the person who people know to come to if they want something. 
It's very strange. John, this has been a great conversation. I'm really enjoying this. Ah, it's been so-so. Yeah, yeah. it's been all do, right. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to tell uh, tell our audience where they can find you so they can go? Uh, hopefully, we'll ha- you'll get some new people following sure. you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, my website is johnshellphoto.com. It's uh, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-E-L-L. Photo.com. Um, I also bought the people keep leaving the, the C out of my last name. So I bought John Shell S-H-E-L. So, <laughs> as a pointer. Yeah. yeah so yeah. either one will get to me eventually. Right. Um, and then my Instagram is Instagram at uh, John Shell, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-E-L-L. Awesome. And no Snapchat. We're not getting you there. Snapchat, yeah. I, it's, yeah. I, I haven't. Yeah. Um, and Facebook business, I, I just, my personal Facebook is people would be upset with my my politics probably so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> i like your politics yeah. a lot I, I think let's end it with one more question for john Absolutely. and what advice do you have for oh. photographers trying to get into the business trying to get into the business trying um, trying to transition from their job in it let's say mm-hmm. and they want to do it full-time what what's your words of wisdom well i think there's a couple of things i think the first thing you have to consider is where you are um if you're doing IT in a small town in somewhere, USA. Um, Iowa. 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 Right. That's, I don't want to offend any Iowans. No, I don't either, but I'm <laughs> okay. picking it. Okay. <laughs> you can blame it so, on me. <laughs> Hate mail from Iowa. problem with Iowa, Rob? <laughs> It's not a problem. It's, we're from Missouri. Come on. <laughs> Calm down, Rob. Stop yelling. How did Ross get here? <laughs> um, so I think you have to first consider where you are. If you're in a small town in, say, Iowa, um, and you want to shoot large fashion campaigns, you want to shoot, you know, big lifestyle campaigns, you want to shoot stuff that obviously doesn't happen in Iowa, you have to kind of say, well, where do I need to put myself? I mean, first, you have to go back, are you, from a skill uh, perspective, are you ready? And you have to build that skill set. No matter where you need to be, you still have to start start to build the skill set to get you there. Yeah, so probably the first thing would be Make sure that you're you're realistic about your work. You're realistic about your ability. You're realistic about you know what you can what you're doing now in turn, and then what you want to do and where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Um, definitely putting yourself in a location where you know people are uh, um, Los Angeles, New York. If you want to shoot swimwear, Miami, um, that sort of thing. You 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 know shooting swimwear in Iowa, I'm sure is wonderful, but. If you want to shoot swimwear with some, you know, with regularity, regularity in nice weather on the beach, you know, then it's Miami. If you want to shoot lifestyle fashion, that sort of thing, it's it's Los Angeles. Um, If you want to shoot outdoor adventure. And of course, this is all general. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you can do very well. There are people in North Carolina shooting amazing lifestyle stuff. Um, Same thing with Houston and Dallas. um, But you have to be in a hub. You have to be in a big, you know, a large city where where there is a market where people are actually doing this you know um and then being realistic about your work being realistic about your ability being you know in, a, in an area where people are and people are hiring um and i think networking is obviously a, a great idea and something that needs to be done and needs to be done and keeping the fine line in mind that there's a lot there's a difference between networking and just pushing yourself in people's face although there are people who put themselves in people's faces who get hired for a lot of stuff also so 
I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of advice. That's a lot of advice. So there you have it. Advice. Yeah. Quit your job, and John wants you to move out of Iowa. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Get the hell out of Iowa. Wait a second. Wait a second. If you build now it, all it the will hate mail from Iowa, Iowa yeah. goes to John, not me. <laughs> well, John, uh, thank you again for for coming and, and My being yeah, the first great. episode in season two. We're really excited about what we're doing with the podcast. We have a ton of cool people lined up. And uh, we also want to hear your feedback. What what photographers do you guys want to hear from? Feel free to email me personally, Gary at rggedu.com, or send Rob a lot of nudes at Rob <laughs> at rggedu.com. Just of yourself casually. Oh, Rob at rggedu.com. I sent him one while we were wow. talking. <laughs> <laughs> and fabulous. Always remember that you can download the entire season from rggedu podcast. Dot com, or you can subscribe to iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Google. Everywhere. We've infiltrated the interwebs. We're everywhere right? you want to be. We're like Visa. Yeah, but on those platforms, they come out every week. So if you want everything and you want to stream everything like a Netflix binge, you can download them from our website, and they're always going to be free. That's right. So John, awesome. thanks again. Thank you. My it's pleasure. Fabulous. Yeah. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Capture One Pro. With the most reliable tether workflow, combined with the most robust image processing, Capture One Pro 10 is the choice of working professionals. Well, that's a little shrewd for this one. Thanks for listening. I get out of here and start shooting. This podcast is officially over. Over and out. Catch you next time, dude. RGGEDU, because my dad said I could.